Hello, and welcome to the Well-Spoken Podcast, where transformational leaders explore the mindsets, motivations, and methodologies of impact-driven businesses. I am your host, Dr. Delray Messer, doctor of chiropractic, social impact entrepreneur, mom of two, and a go-giver, empowering you through the stories of leaders who dare to challenge the status quo and collaborate to co-create an equitable and sustainable future together. Welcome, well-spoken listeners. We're so excited to have a very special guest, uh, mm. Stacy, with us. She is going to talk about uh, self-worth and self-love. You know, the reason why I asked Stacy on this podcast is because I believe everybody deserves to hear not only her story, but also her passion for helping us unravel a lot of the belief systems that I believe they're these filters that we're looking through. And she has such an exceptional way of being able to peel back all of these layers of who we think we are supposed to be to mm. get to the core of who we authentically are. So Stacy, welcome to the Well-Spoken Podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I'd love for you to just deep dive into your story for us. You know, go back to a time where maybe you felt, um, you know, vulnerable and you were living through those filters. And I'd love to be able to start there. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. Hello, family. Oh, man. It's like the story, right? Like, when did it begin and how did it begin and all the things? Um, you know, I feel like it's been, it's kind of been an underlying thing um, for me at a very, very, very young age, um, questioning my value, questioning my importance in the family. Um, I had a lot of body image stuff coming up for me at a very young age. Um, there was some significant trauma that happened at a very young age, abandonment, rejection, all the things. And um I really started to misuse as many things as I possibly could to take myself out of my feelings, to numb myself out, to try to find a way to escape what was kind of going on inside of me. You know, I had a 25-year um, experience, um, relationship with bulimia. Um, I've also been sober from alcohol. It'll be 14 years uh, on August 14th. Um, so I, uh, did a lot of overconsumption in a lot of different ways and, you know, have this like feeling that I was really trying to destroy myself in, in, in so many different facets. And then let's get into the relationship factor. <laughs> like, let's go down the, you know, I got married the first time at 24, you know, and we were incredibly successful. And I felt like as long as I could perform and show you my value and really amount to something and be seen. And you could see that I was not only attractive, but smart, you know, then maybe, maybe I would be important enough and maybe you would stay and maybe you would love me and maybe you wouldn't hurt me and maybe I could trust this. And I gave so much of my power and value uh, to what everybody outside of me thought. And I really, really needed you to uh, want something that I had right? In order for me to feel like I was, I was okay. And inside I was just, man, it was so incredibly painful for so, so, so long. You know, I'm 44 now. And at 29, I, I really started on this path of, of healing and, um, got sober at 29. Uh, the last year of my drinking and using was, um, not pretty. I did not, <laughs> 
put the bottle down because I was winning. I was, you know, 97 pounds and, um, broke, um, and had to rebuild my life from the ground, from the ground up. And, um, you know, you start leaning into this work and you start taking some, for me, it was really moving away from, you know, I really felt like, and, and if you talk to a lot of people that have struggled with a lot of addiction, you know, we're, there's a very strong victim mentality. It's like almost overwhelming to think that I have something to do with this. <laughs> it's a lot easier to go, well, you know, my dad left or there was abuse in the home. Or my parents were doing drugs and alcohol and it wasn't safe. And then that person touched me at eight and then I was raped at 16. And then I kept doing this and this and this and this. And so, you know, coming into a place at 29 of going, okay, you know what? Yes, those things happened. Those were experiences that shaped me. And yet I have like a say in this. Like I have a say in this and I get to choose if I'm going to allow those things to begin to shape me into becoming, you know, this incredible human being and that really look at the the strengths and the wisdom that could only come from walking through those things. Um, or am I going to continue to allow them to, you know, define me in a way that keeps me small and and putting all of my power and my future in the hands of other people? <laughs> if that makes sense, you know? And so I really started down this path and it's really interesting because as unhealthy as I was in so many ways, I was so healthy. Like I was like nuts with like alcohol and like the bulimia, but then I was like getting, you know, you know, acai berry juice, like imported from France and like drinking green swamp water and like killing myself in the gym. And I've been an athlete my whole life. So it was like this constant thing going on and I can still witness it in myself of like two humans, like this one that's super like on it and healthy and in love and in gratitude and in peace and all this trust. And then there's this other part that's like scared and afraid <laughs> and like wants to check out and like doesn't want to do it at all. And so like, it's just been this like thing. And I feel like that's with majority of us, you know, I've worked with people for 14 years and it's very, very, very much seems to be the, an underlying, you know, aspect to our humanness. But, um, yeah. So I just feel like, you know, beginning to really lean into my work and, and understand that I needed to really get into a relationship with myself. I needed to get into a relationship and get into some kind of a marriage with me and with my creator. And I don't, is that okay to, to, to share like that from the, in this space, in this platform? Always okay. Authentically and transparently. Yeah. Yeah. And so to get into this relationship with source and, 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 and to start to really unpack some of this stuff that is so hardwired in me, you know, which is a lot of fear and scarcity. You know, we didn't have money growing up and you got to fight for what you're going to have in there. Is it going to be enough? And like, the only way is if I throw like my, one of my main stories was I had to like, like fill you up and provide so much value in order to be enough. Like I had to like give you so many results in whatever aspect of a relationship in order to like, have you want to stay, you know? And so starting to unpack some of these things and begin to like understand, okay, what is that really about? Right. What is that really true? And is it, or the, is this the way that I want to is this, is this serving me any longer, you know, coming and getting, getting grounded in, in all the stories and the narratives and the beliefs and the conditioning and the energy, because it's all just an energetic flow. And the reality of the situation is, is that we view our lives from our own issues. 
you know, that's how we perceive through a lens of what's happened, you know, until we start to really lean into some different work and begin to have a different level of consciousness and awareness. I'll take a breath now. Is that, that what you is, wanted? That was beautiful. <laughs> I could not, there were so many takeaways. One is this duality of exactly what you just said, kind of this forward facing persona. And I think, you know, many of us could maybe compare that even to the persona of maybe social media, but it actually mm. a lot of times filters into our lives of just living unconsciously and not paying attention or being just conscious and aware of where we develop these, these stories and these narratives about who we are and are we enough? And, you know, am I going to be okay? And oftentimes that forward facing persona is very different than what we, who we internally are. My mm. question to you is during this time where, you know, you felt you were, you know, maybe self-sabotaging, were you actually aware of that in conscious or were you more unconscious to it? And what actually woke you up to it? to desire to create change because I think many of us can be in that place for a long time before maybe something painful enough happens to to create transformation but obviously you're trying to work with people to get them to see sooner than than something like that and shape yeah I would be go ahead yeah I would love for people I'm like please learn from my lessons let me help you we do not have to drag this through the gravel and the stone and up and down the mountains I mean let me just help you but I don't know we all need our own ways so for me I would say I mean I can remember being in college and that like 18 and writing papers you know trying to understand why where the bulimia came from trying to understand some of my patterns like not wanting it, but not being able to surrender it. Like, I don't think even with the drinking, um, you know, I started drinking at like 14. Um, it was never acceptable. I, I and I'm, I find I'm, I'm so incredibly, incredibly grateful for that because I know a lot of people that haven't made it. You know, I know a lot of people that I've, that I've lost along the way that it was just kind of the way that it was. And I've never had that. It was never okay. But I mean, this is the other piece. So this is the flip to that is what I've come to find is typically the way that we talk to ourselves about the shit, about the stuff that we're doing is worse than actually what we're doing sometimes, you know? And so the, 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 the mental game of the self-judgment and the inner critic that just wanted this to be done for so long, knowing that I was just like in this space of misery with a personality that wakes up at, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and my feet hit the ground and I have work to do and I have a business to run and I have different things to show up for. And I typically wake up and put the, can put the face on it and, and, and have the best of intentions until about two o'clock. And then I'm back to my old ways. So it was a constant hamster wheel for a little while that just got worse and worse. And when I went through my first divorce, I've been married. I click. I've been married all these times. I've been married twice. First time I was 24. Everyone needs to cut me some slack. I mean, who gets married at 24? <laughs> I had no idea who I was. Anyway, here we go. Keep it moving. But like when I went through my divorce, at, you know, uh, when I when I left my first husband at you know 28 and just went down that path of drinking and using, and it was so incredibly painful. I had lost a child. And there was betrayal in the marriage. And um, that last year just took me down, Delray, like to the point where there was no denying it. I was so incredibly sick. I was so, I was so incredibly lost and broken. 
and I put myself in treatment, you know, and I was willing to do whatever it took to really fight for my life. And, and I leaned into the work imperfectly other than I haven't had a drink, you know, in 14 years. Um, but like what I find too, and, you know, and I tell people when they, when they find me and they begin working with me is like, these moments, these dark, whatever the, whatever that they come to me, like because of the event, <laughs> the divorce, the loss of this, the fact, like they have the event or the one behavior, the one thing or the, whatever brings us to our knees, whatever that is. If you really pay attention, there's been so much leading up to that. And then I feel like those are these beautiful gifts. If we allow them to be from God and source and universe to like, bring us into a space where we have a willingness in our heart and in our minds and in our physical bodies. And it's this soul calling that's saying, I'm willing to do and listen to someone else. I'm willing to say, I can't do it on my own. I'm willing to change my perspective. I'm willing to get up in the morning and maybe do some things that I was unwilling to do if my life and my shit was fully put together, you know, and we begin, uh, you know, the, and then we start to have the, um, like what I find most is that people are finally willing to say, maybe this person in this character and this identity that I've created, maybe it doesn't have to be this. And maybe it's okay for me to say, I've been looking at myself, life, God, the universe, nature wrong. And not having that be so scary because we build our entire lives around these core beliefs. And so being able to say, maybe I am so wrong so that we can have something that feels more real and more aligned and with more love and acceptance and peace. And I feel like that's what these moments that feel dark and heavy and we're lost and we don't know what we're, can, what we're going to do can bring if we lean into the work. Yeah. Let's dive into the work. Can you give our listeners who may be new to this yeah. an idea of what that actually means. I mean, I think I, I believe I know I've done a lot of that similar work. And I think the hardest part is actually becoming the observer. And then for me, it was grace, self-forgiveness and responsibility totally. and ownership and not labeling those events as good or bad or an outcome, but just kind of being with it. And I, and I will say too, coming from like an achiever personality, that was never settled. I didn't even understand what peace could feel like. Mm. I did. I started to do yoga, honestly, to become more flexible. <laughs> <That's pretty much laughs> well, it does, but in all kinds of different ways, right? It brings some flexibility in a lot of ways that we didn't even know. <laughs> exactly, but it became my greatest teacher. Yeah. And suddenly, st stillness was what I was most afraid of. Solitude and st stillness, because that's when we really do have to face ourselves. And I think a lot of times, no matter what the activity is to keep us busy, to avoid looking at it or unpacking a lot of those emotions that have stayed buried in places for so long, it's really, it's really hard. That's the hard part about it. It's actually that first step of just becoming an observer and taking a look. So can you just explain to people what exactly is the work and how can they just start to become more conscious of that? Yeah. I think number one, you have to decide what do you really want? You know, I like people to start with like something positive before you get into the heaviness of what we've created, you know, and where we're at is like, what is it that you really want for yourself? Is it 
freedom? Is it, you know, is it health? Is it more love? Is it more like, is it a next level in the career? Like whatever it is, like, what is it that you really want? You know, and then we have to just take a look at what we're doing on a daily basis. How are we treating ourselves? How are we showing up in our relationships? What are our patterns and our cycles? What does all that look like? In what ways are we inflicting self-harm within, you know? And, and, and so much of what you just shared is so true because being able to sit in our feelings and being able to sit with the parts of us that aren't so shiny and put together and buttoned up and that we don't necessarily love and desire and being okay with that you know, spending time, like if you people work with me, like we, we have to meditate, like we have to look at your nutrition. We have to look at how you're sleeping. We have to take a look at where your time and your energy and your resources are going. What do your relationships look and feel like? Like, are you surrounded by people that elevate you? Are you surrounded by people that are your cheerleading squad that sign off on all your rationale and your bullshit and then keep you in the same place? You know, like, are you, you want to quit drinking? Well, we potentially need to change our playmates and our, like, in our playgrounds. We have to take a look at our environments, you know? And I feel like being willing to start to surrender some of this stuff and you can't just surrender, like you usually have to bring other things in. And so figuring out what is it that makes you feel this is probably one of the hardest parts because I feel like we've gotten so disconnected from us is like, what are you passionate about? You know, what does inspire you? What, what is meaningful to you? What are you doing when you feel fulfilled? What does that look like? And people, you know, what do you love? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well then ask 10 people who know you, what your skills and gifts are. You know, if you don't know, and you're so disconnected and you've been on the hamster wheel of life and you are completely blocked from your own self, then ask the people around you so that we can start bringing more of this stuff in. And I feel like it's this mind, body, spirit, soul, all the things. And there's so, we have so much at our fingertips now. <laughs> it is incredible where we are as a society and how much we finally are like leaning in and understanding how important our health and our well-being. And we have amazing practitioners. We have powerful facilitators. We have beautiful, incredible supplements and products and all of these different things. You can go on YouTube and listen to a pod. Like there is so much information on so many really beautiful teachers and healers and all of this that can walk alongside you. And that's what I want to offer too. And I think it's really, really important. And I think it might be the thing that really kind of separates me is like, I walk alongside my people. I'm not the one here. I'm not your solution. I'm not the healer of all. Like I'm not like, I'm here to help shine some blind spots on, on, you know, shine some light on your blind spots, potentially offer a different perspective and help you wake up to what you already know. We are so wise. We have our own answers. We just need most of us, babe. I feel like we just need someone to help like remind us that we can believe in ourselves again. Someone that will hold that space and say, I see that in you too. And I believe in you as well. And offer that like gift of accountability because it is so much easier to not walk the path alone. As I know, you know, <laughs> right. Yep. To have someone to check in with, to have someone to remind us of, okay, why am I setting this down? Why have I set this down? It's hard right now. I really want to go to what 
my my like my 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 I want to go to my like my my um unhealthy coping skill. I really want to lean into this right now. I've been using it for a long time, even though it's probably flipped on me. And in that moment, to be able to reach out to someone and say, oh, I'm ready to get in the cabinet and like take down the cookies, or I'm ready to go, go get in the car and go buy the nicotine vape, or I'm going to call him, even though I know I shouldn't call him because it's a horribly unhealthy, toxic relationship, whatever it is. And to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm about to go down that path and I don't want to. Will you just talk me through this and remind me? of why I'm doing this. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to get back into a place of being in this loving relationship and having our choices and our decisions centered around, I love myself so much, I wouldn't do that. I love myself so much. This is why I do this. It's not because I have to, or I'm, you know, trudging through, I've got to go to the gym or I've got to eat vegetables. It's like changing it in our mind to like, I love myself so much, and I've never had anyone, myself included, think their way into self-love and self-trust. You know, most of us have been abandoning and rejecting ourselves for freaking years. We have been putting our stuff down, pushing it away forever, and we have all these unhealed wounds. And babe, they're like, that's the other thing. Like, it's going to continue to rear its head from time to time. At least that's been my experience. It's not perfect. But to come back into that place of like... Is this the most loving choice for me? Is this the most loving choice for me? You know, and and that only comes from keeping those silent commitments to ourselves and to rebuild that inner marriage and rebuild that inner loyalty, like to us. You know, and then once that's there, we can be more forgiving with ourselves. We can be more compassionate with ourselves. We know our strengths. We know our trigger points. We know we might like, <laughs> we kind of know our ways. And then we can potentially offer it to the people outside of us. Absolutely. Yeah. I I just, you know, full realization, just to, probably honestly within the past six months, I'm like, why is human connection so important to me? Why is it one of my top core values? And I realized relationship we're in relationship with everything around us. You know, we look for the ideal partner to have a relationship with. We seek out friendships to have really food, the relationship, our, you know, movement, our body. And I think the hardest relationship we have is with, with self because you can try to escape in all of those other places, but you take you with you wherever you go. And that was my biggest aha moment when I knew what kind of transformation I desired in my life. I looked around, I was like, these are not the type of relationships that I realize will be fulfilling, long lasting, have peace, have, you know, some of these principles to them that I really desired. And unpacking all of that, it, it really boiled down to understanding who I was uh, in my values. Like that, mm. and just doing that exercise alone, it sounds so simple, but really, not only what you want, but how do you make decisions in a life that now is full of distractions and bright, shiny objects and a world where one click of a button, we see what everyone else likes. Should I like that too? Should I make decisions totally. according to that? And it allowed me to be able to take a step back. I mean, both figuratively and literally, especially from social media to just let the noise simmer down. <laughs> and be able to breathe in a place to understand who I am. And that makes decisions in life, I believe, so much easier. It actually has become so simple to understand 
where I'm going and what I'm aligned with and who I'm aligned with because I so deeply and intimately know my authentic self now. And I'm able to express that and have tough conversations because I realize the tough conversations I now choose are because I respect the other party and I want to come to some sort of like agreement and parallel growth with whomever that is. And that has made, I think, life so much more simple. Why do you think we get away from values aligned living or not trusting ourselves? Do you believe it is this role that social media and access to so much and so many people has played in our lives? Or where do you think that has unraveled? Just the conditioning um, of Yeah, I feel like it's all of it. You know, it's all of it. And, you know, we're kind of sold this pitch out of the gate, you know, like about what, what's going to bring you happiness. This is the definition of success. This is the definition of a, of a good woman of a, you know, a, or, 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 or this is what a man is. And, you know, you're like almost in, based on the family you were grown up, you know, you were raised in and then the, you know, that particular community and school and like that part of the world, there's so many, there's so much to it. And so like, if that is not your true soul imprint out of the gate already, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, I felt like out of the gate, I was like, this does not make sense. Like, I do not know how I'm supposed to fit in over here. Like, this is incredibly weird. I mean, at 17, I'm like, I'm out. And I don't know how I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to buy into the system. And I, and I really haven't, but I had a lot of shame about finding my own way for so long. You know, if you'd have looked at my, you know, to have someone externally look at my choices from, from, from a young age on, it was like, you'd have been like, oh, she's troubled, you know? And in some ways <laughs> I was, <laughs> it was hard and painful. And yet, like, there was just something in me that was like, I don't know if their way is the only way. And I just have to like, kind of branch out and figure this out by myself. But I feel like there's a massive thing happening, especially, you know, you and I are mothers and I pay attention to it so much. We didn't have the social media. I didn't have that. You know, I had just what was around me or what MTV was putting in my mind right? <laughs> about what beauty was or what my body should look like or like what was cool and not cool and what was going on in my particular school. But like our poor kids and these young people are just and I see it. You know, and there's so much suffering in that. And then you take all the drugs that are going around. It's like we're, we're the, our youth are really in a challenging place right now. And I feel like it's even interesting when you look at the COVID piece, how they drove us even more into isolation and separation when the reality is, is like, that is not who we are. We are not meant to walk this path alone. We are meant to be in community and there's no separation between myself and you. And yes, there's something called boundaries and it doesn't mean I have to be super close to all of my earth brothers and sisters and have them in my immediate vicinity, but like there's no separation between all of us and the suffering of one is the suffering of all. And so I feel like we're in a really interesting predicament and it's a really interesting time. And as many of us that are numbing out and going more into the guarded heart and the blocked and the protection in a way, in a way, there's just as many of us that are saying, absolutely not. 
you know, that is not what I want. I want to be in community and I want to be living a life that is supporting the people around me. And I want to do everything in my power to be the most healthy version of myself every year and then continue to change that version of myself every year or every however long so that I have something that can bring, you know, some sort of value into this world around me and have some sort of a solution and be a light, you know? It's interesting. It's an interesting time. Yeah, it is. And I mean, there are a lot of people seeking other therapies. I know that you do breath work and, you know, I'm curious in your mind, what do you think are some of these, you know, biohacking is a trend and a term that a lot of people are using to just start to, again, look at your own unique physiology and biology and start to follow paths that maybe align for you, but not everyone. I'm curious if you could unpack that longevity, biohacking, you know, some of these therapies that we are now seeing in mental health, like what kind of future could you paint for people that are really looking and seeking for some of those answers that they may have not found in, you know, mainstream medicine, or, you know, they're, they're looking for healing themselves. What are some good basic first steps for them? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to just kind of really check around, look around in your community. Is there any Kundalini yoga classes? Like, are you someone, you know, I started working with plant medicine personally after a decade of not working with, um, you know, after over a decade of being completely sober and, um, had a lot of reservations around it. And it really changed my life in so many ways. You know, you have to figure out for you, what is it that you're, that, that, that you feel called to, you know, is it going to be, I mean, there's, there's so much value, even in cold plunging in yoga, there's so many different asana and pot like practices. And I think you have to look around into your community and start to go within yourself and say, what am I called to? And then you have to be willing to play. You have to be willing to sign up for something that might be uncomfortable and show up and decide if this is for you. I mean, 10 years. Okay. So I've been trying, Aiden will be 10 next month. Okay. So it was before him. So 12 years ago, I showed up in an ashram randomly, like randomly what am I doing over here? And there was a Kundalini yoga class going on and some woman took me into it and they are chanting and breathing. And I do not know what is going on, but I knew in that moment, that's where I was supposed to be. And that particular practice has supported me through so much in this last 12, 13 years. It has completely changed my life. And it is something that I can go to on a daily and regular basis that I do. You know, we have to figure out what is it going to be that is something that you can do on a daily basis that works? And I'm so, like, the non-negotiables for me are like movement. Are your nutrition? Are you putting in, when was the last time you had a full blood panel ran? What is, what like, where, especially as we're getting older, I mean, I'm a 44 year old woman. Where are your hormones at? Are you taking care of that? Are you staying on top of those things? You know, being in meditation, what are you listening to? Are you, do you have beautiful music playing in, in the house? Are you dancing? Are you playing? Like there's all of these different things. Do you have an infrared sauna in your practice? Are you cold plunging? Like we have so many different things at our fingertips. I feel like it's just a matter of what's going to resonate with you and being willing to say, I'm going to just do some test runs. Yes. 
Yes, I'm release just, the outcome. Release yes. The outcome. And I believe that brought me closer to trusting myself and my authentic self was getting the athlete mentality out and saying this experience does not have to have an outcome just embrace and embody the experience and and be mindful about it bring in all the senses smell touch taste sound hearing like i was able to really bring that into yoga first because i was so uncomfortable beyond uncomfortable i would hear people you know with the deep breathing and i was like oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) you're like you're like is she okay are they okay (laughs) I did a Kundalini class as well, and I was like so uncomfortable. Yeah, and I realized it just it also stretched what that's we right. think is quote unquote normal, right? Yep. You know, we we get uncomfortable with something that's new, and for me, that was exciting. I did a pole dancing class a couple of weeks ago for that reason again, just to say, what do I need to unravel and experience here that could be fun, playful, more intimate with self, not what anyone else was doing, and that was a really I think eye-opening is just the past few years being able to really embrace play and fun. It's actually essential. In fact, I just read an article totally. about how bees, bees and insects are being studied now for um, their level of really consciousness, awareness, and um, even feeling pain. And one of the most fascinating parts of the article was that bees play. They played with little balls. They rolled them around, not just for a reward, but for hours. They would just push them back and forth, and they found that that was a big part of their connecting. And mm. I was like, oh my gosh, how often do we do that as adults? We just do not play like we did as children. The curiosity, the awe, the wonder, these senses that we can bring into our daily lives just through mindfulness. And again, letting go of what we believe we should be or what should happen. And I just loved a lot of those things that you mentioned, because I think a lot of times in wellness trends can really overtake the intention of them. And if you just, I think for a moment say, okay, I don't have to do all of them at once, but what if I just try something new and, and lean into the process of progress over what I believe should happen. So I think those are really powerful tools. Any last words of wisdom for our listeners that are seeking a level of, you know, awareness and mindfulness in their lives and intentional living? Um, Just a few words that you can leave them with. You know, just love yourself. Take a look at how far you've come. You know, I feel like we, it's just never quite enough, right? And we forget how far we've come. And I think that when you can just stay there for a little while and appreciate who you are as a human being, who your heart is, how you show up, you know, and then get supported. Like, I don't know anything other than that. Like I live my life in that way. And there, it has been such an incredible gift that I'm someone that would be like, I need help. You know, I need help right now. And, um, Usually the second I say that, like some magical human will kind of pop around. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, you're the one. <laughs> yeah. And and try to enjoy the journey, you know? And that's the hardest thing because I always want to be down the line. Like I'd rather just go ahead and be there. And I think that's a beautiful thing about being on a mountain as much as I am is that it keeps me right where my feet are and being able to appreciate like each day, right? Yeah. 
Yes. Thank you so much, my beautiful friend. So yeah, I love you. Beautiful. Love you. Gracias. I will, <laughs> I, yeah, I will include in the show notes more um, information about you, where people can find you. So, um, so grateful. Thank you for your time. Beautiful. Bye. Bye, you guys. Well, that concludes another episode of Well-Spoken Podcast. Remember, stay open, curious, and think abundantly to co-create a better future together.